0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Last week here on MediaWatch, we looked at how Facebook all of a sudden walked away from news in Australia.
2: In breaking news this morning, social media giant Facebook has followed through on its threat, restricting people in Australia from viewing news content.
1: And it turned out this was the tech giant's unilateral response to the Australian government's news media bargaining code, which will oblige digital platforms to pay for the news they distribute and is due to become law shortly. Uh, Facebook says it's done this with a heavy heart uh, in response to the Australian government's proposed media bargaining laws. So those are passing through Parliament with widespread support. Uh, The government has been trying to find a way to make tech giants pay for Australian-generated news content that they use. However, five days later, after blowback from all around the world, news is back in Aussie's Facebook feeds again after the Aussie government talked it out with the tech titan. Hayden Donnell takes a look. Well, Facebook has refriended Australia
2: and Australian news will be restored to the Facebook platform. And Facebook has committed to entering into good-faith negotiations with Australian news media businesses. That was Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, in the mood for jokes after Facebook ended its ban on sharing news from his country. It decided to cancel that scorched-earth policy on Tuesday after securing concessions from the Australian government, which essentially give it an out from the code if things turn sour. It will now be given 30 days' notice before being forced into binding arbitrations on pay deals with media networks and can avoid being subject to arbitration entirely if it commits, quote, enough money to the Australian media industry. But how much is enough? According to Facebook's VP of Global News Partnerships, Campbell Brown, no one knows. The company also retains the power to press the nuclear button once more and withdraw news from Australia if it can't reach pay agreements it thinks are fair. In return for those concessions, Facebook is back to the negotiating table. It struck a pay deal with Seven West Media within hours of announcing news was returning to Australian feeds. That was enough to get Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison to put up a celebratory post on his own Facebook account. But not everyone's happy at the compromise. At platformer, tech commentator Casey Newton pointed out that kicking news off Facebook actually, possibly, made the site better. Here's how he introduced his article noting the return of journalism. Just when the newsfeed was starting to feel fun again, the news is coming back to Facebook in Australia. The Washington Post editorial board pointed out potential issues with the news industry becoming reliant on pay deals with the companies that spent two decades gobbling up its ad revenue. It said compelling Facebook and Google to enter the sorts of pay deals they've struck with Australian media is a bit like relying on a lion to nurture the same gazelle it just gored. But the main threat of criticism from tech writers was that forcing companies to pay for linking to news was a threat to the principles of the open internet. The inventor of the internet, Tim Berners-Lee, said making companies pay for links could make the internet unworkable. Over at Tech Dirt, commentator Mike Masnick said forcing Facebook to pay for links could set off a cascade of negative effects, with other companies also wanting money in exchange for allowing their content to be linked to. There should never need to be any negotiation or any discussion about bargaining power over links, because links are fundamentally free. And yet, the end result of this deal is that it sounds like Facebook is effectively caving and agreeing to pay for links. Business Insider Australia editor James Hennessy had a slightly different take. His Substack article, headlined Zucked, didn't so much defend the legislation as challenge the underlying assumptions of its critics. He argued Australia isn't breaking the internet, if only because the internet is already horribly, seemingly irreparably broken. I asked him to explain. Kia ora, James and welcome to Media Watch. Thanks for having me. So news is coming back to Facebook in Australia. Is that a good thing?
0: Um, well, look, it's a interesting situation. Obviously, um, given that uh, Facebook was throwing around its muscle over the past week, um, obviously it's great for uh, especially smaller media who haven't been part of the wheeling and dealing uh, of the past couple of weeks quite as much. Um, to be able to be back on Facebook and and, um, get their content out there. Depending on who you ask uh, and what sort of concessions have been made by the Australian government to put Facebook in a position where they feel comfortable reintroducing news into Australia, uh, maybe it's less of a good thing.
2: One of the big criticisms of this legislation online is that making tech companies pay for links breaks the internet or breaks the principles of the open internet. Your article uh, on Substack Zucked made a little bit of a different point or, or wanted to argue back against that in some way. Can you explain?
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously I think that there are many valid strident critiques of the code both within Australia and also on a global scale. But I find this argument, which comes mostly from the United States, um, it's, and when the Facebook first brought, pressed the nuclear button and brought the news ban down in Australia, obviously it, it gained global attention. This was the argument that was coming from a lot of the tech media, especially also coming from you know, institutional uh, people in the tech world over in the US, that basically, yes, as you say, uh, doing this would break the fundamental concept of the open internet where we treat every link. Equally, there's no payment behind any links, everything, you know, everyone can get to exactly where they want to go on the internet without running into any barriers. Uh, And my sort of contention to that is what planet are these people living on? Like, have they used the internet at all in the past 10 years? Um, You know, as anyone who has been using the internet for a very long time, like a matter of decades, would know it's a very different place to what it was back then and Facebook and Google the two players that we're uh, talking about here have so radically changed the way the internet works and the way that we expect the internet to work that it's like what what are you talking about in this regard
2: essentially your argument is that it's kind of hard to break the internet because the internet is already incredibly broken
0: yes no that's um, absolutely my point Think about how the average person uses the internet now, especially people who are maybe less savvy and less connected to the tech world. You know, they'll go on, they'll look at their Facebook feed, they'll look at their Instagram feed. Uh, Maybe some of the ones are a little bit savvy will look at their Twitter feed and sit on these sort of infinitely scrolling feeds. The whole time they're doing that, you know, they're obviously being served. Uh, content algorithmically um, based on what these platforms think these people want to be looking at and obviously served ads constantly, their data being tracked, this whole surveillance capitalism idea. Um, So it's kind of like, in what sense is that not just a massive defamation of the way that the founders of the internet expected it to work back when they envisioned it?
2: Is there an extent to which these critiques of the legislation are losing sight of the bigger picture which is I guess just how good and necessary it feels to kick Mark Zuckerberg in the Neds uh,
0: maybe I mean obviously there is an aspect of I mean you know when people were talking about uh, you know this is a this is just a shakedown this is Australia shaking down the tech companies and I was like well maybe it is I feel like people you know every time in Australia there's a um, a poll about for example taxing Facebook and Google and the other tech titans more, it's always really, really strongly in favor. So I think people do have a kind of emotional reaction to this stuff, whether it's specifically directed at Mark Zuckerberg and kicking him in the nuts. I, I don't know. But there's definitely a feeling that I think.
2: But I get what I mean is that that untrammeled power of the tech companies is isn't it? And the way that they've sort of, uh, I guess extended their influence and destroyed yep. industries and sort of wrought havoc and had no checks and balances on them ever in their history. Basically, from any government anywhere, uh, is it good yeah. to have some kind of legislation in place, even if it's imperfect?
0: Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's also fair as well. Um, that and I, I, my point as well is that I feel like we are at the beginning of a decade of more stringent regulation of big tech, and whether it's in America or whether it's globally. And, you know, obviously the, the perfect um, utopian vision is that all these individual countries and polities and whatever are going to tax Facebook and Google and then they're going to spend all that wonderful tax bounty on really nice things. Uh, and, you know, maybe that will happen in certain cases, but I feel like the regulation that's coming is going to look... A lot like this kind of imperfect regulation, where maybe it does look like rent-seeking from existing industry, uh, maybe it does look like a bit of a bull in a, a bull in a china shop. Uh, I just think this is the form it's going to take. Not necessarily saying let's not let the uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good or whatever, but just laying that this is what tech regulation will probably look like for the next decade.
2: We're always talking about the toxic relationship between news and Facebook, and how actually it's inevitably going to end up with the news coming out worse off. Would it have been better if actually maybe they'd ripped off the Band-Aid and it had just not and come back? Gone
0: off. Yeah, yeah, I see what I see what you mean. And look, there was kind of a brief. Obviously, every news organisation in Australia took a significant hit from that. Some, some more than others, depending on their reliance on the on the platform. Uh, but obviously, there was kind of a beautiful moment of the clouds parting and light coming down where Australia sort of began to imagine, well, okay, if it never comes back, obviously the news consumers who uh, were previously sitting on Facebook and getting news from Facebook, uh, some of them may find something else to do with their time, but presumably a lot of them will want to find news in, in other, other ways. So there was kind of a sense of like, oh, maybe we can do something else, find different ways of capturing those audiences. Um, And one of the critiques of the code that I find most um, compelling is that, yes, it is standing up to Facebook and Google, but at the same time, it's sort of like acceding to their terms. It's like saying, okay, well, we surrender. You guys uh, do control the internet. You do define the terms of the internet. We just want kind of a, a healthy slice of that pie. To to reward sort of our contribution to the ecosystem you've created, whereas um, which, maybe it would you know, be is... better
2: to just destroy the ecosystem.
0: Exactly. Um, so so and look, obviously this fight is not really over yet. There is still the looming threat that Facebook could pull the news again. So we'll see what happens in that kind of in that kind of way. Um, but yeah, look, I, I I was certainly among the camp that thought you know if they don't bring news back then. Great. Let's try. just try something new.
2: You've you've written about Facebook brain and how this might be a grand experiment in getting rid of Facebook brain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you know, we this obviously comes in the middle of a wide-ranging conversation about uh, you know fake news and uh, misinformation, and you know the the sense that um, Facebook and the the publications you publish specifically for Facebook. Uh, you know, having some sort of broader effect on the the broader uh, population and, and their beliefs and the way they view the world that's kind of n- would not have been the case without Facebook. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it could have been a, exactly that, a big a big experiment in what it actually does for a country's um, politics and life if Facebook wasn't there. We know what debates look like now, what political uh, arguments look like now when, a lot of them take place on social media. Um, What does that look like without it? Because I think we've basically forgotten that. Part of
2: the criticism of Facebook for removing news was that it left Australian consumers with just basically only misinformation, disinformation, bad information, and nothing else. But I wonder whether actually the problem with Facebook is that disinformation and misinformation sits on the same level as news. And that by actually removing news from that platform, it maybe just stops devaluing news.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting point. Um, Yeah, because obviously one of the big things is you could then, you could log on to Facebook while the news was down and and still log on to various anti-vaccine groups or whatever it may be. Um, And there's certainly a sense that a lot of the... uh, what you might call like peddlers of misinformation on Facebook. Uh, some of them are quite slick and some of them tend to present themselves sort of as news sites looking like your average sort of news site on Facebook. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if the average person um, maybe has that level of uh, critique. Not that they, uh, people aren't smart, it's just the fact that a lot of people don't really care that much about the media, they don't engage with it on the same level as someone who might be more invested in it as, a, you know, as an industry. So, yeah, like possibly. Uh, And that goes back to the same point of like, you know, what is the harm of news disappearing from Facebook altogether?
1: There was the editor of Business Insider Australia, J.R. Hennessy, in Sydney, talking there to Hayden Donnell about Facebook's flip after its face off with the Australian government over switching off news for users in Australia in response to a looming law change which would make the tech titan pay for the Australian made news it distributes.